Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 181 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you Ruben's Dream on Body Shaming. Here's your host, The Beast. Thank you, Max. We're here for another edition of the Kinky Cast. And this week, we have coming to us from the not so sunny state of California right now, Rue. And Rue's been with us for about two decades now, not to tell your age or anything. Oh, no, I don't mind my age. Is, I'm proud of it. I'm 44. Welcome aboard, Rue. Uh, how did you find kink? Ooh, we can't get into that. That is illegal. <laughs> All right. We will say you start at a early, at a too earlier age. I did. Very early age in a most unusual manner, but nothing that I didn't consent to. Let's put it that way. I was a very active participant. Well, to be honest here on the Kinky Cast, we believe in the reality that teens are starting out doing things before they're old enough to legally do it, but that doesn't mean they're not got the spirit. That is oh so true. Oh so true. And we in America just deny that fact. We do. We do. And what about education? Sex edge. Uh, that is abysmal. Um, <laughs> abysmal in this country. <laughs> Completely abysmal. Um, but yeah, I had plenty of that. <clears throat> you started way too young and it was all consensual and an eager participant. Oh, very. This older gentleman guided you well, you think? Oh, I believe he did. Um, without him, I would never have experienced half of what I, I have. And I can, I, truly consider him to be my first dom cool and you were a sub right out of the gate right out of the gate i knew exactly that was my internal voice spirit all of that was pointing in that direction i didn't have a name for it i didn't know how to articulate it but i knew that that once i felt it once i identified it that oh that's the feeling i've been after I knew exactly that that was the path I was on. So you say the feeling you were after, and like so many people, I am suspecting you started out in your head long before you started out in your body. Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine too many people that don't. Well, I don't know. In this post uh, Fifty Shades realm, I think that many might start out about the same time. Hmm, perhaps. The world is a changing, isn't it? It is quicker than we're ready, I think. You turn legal and whatever mm-hmm. that is. Do you take pauses from your explorations or have you been active for all this time? No, I've taken quite a few pauses. In fact, I've just recently re-entered the world from a very long pause, a, a bit of a hiatus um, and extended visit into the world of vanilla. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> were you shocked often? No, actually, I wasn't. Um, I think, to be perfectly honest, 
having been in the lifestyle as long as I was and as deeply as I have been at times, all it did was afford me a sense of perspective and a grander sense of tolerance and appreciation for other people and their quirks, kinks, whatever. That is one thing that I personally think we in the community do pretty well. We still have our moments of problems in that we do develop tolerance and a more open mind. I agree. I would agree with that. Definitely. So what drug you back? I realized that there was a missing piece that I felt like I had somehow disconnected from my true self and I missed her. So I, I decided it was time for me to go back and try and rekindle that friendship with my old self. Interesting. Very uh, spiritually minded. In a sense, it was. But um, like with most things, it was it was very physically driven as well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, it really was very physically, chemically, biologically driven. I really felt like I needed to. How do they say scratch and itch Mm -hmm. a long time nagging deep down itch that needed to be scratched? would no longer be ignored. Now, Rue, you are married. I am. Are you Polly? We are not Polly. Um, I have very openly explained my desires and my wishes and so on with my spouse. Um, however, he is not interested in any of the lifestyle whatsoever. Um, he never has shown any interest in it. And right now we kind of operate on a don't ask, don't tell policy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you respect your marriage and he knows that you respect your marriage. 100%. I cannot imagine any day into the future without him in it as my husband. And that's the interesting thing is we in the lifestyle again have a great ability to separate the emotional and the physical hungers and even delve into the emotional side a little bit without getting lost in it. Exactly. I've explained it to him and actually explained it to a couple of other people who have asked how the analogy I use to explain all of it is it's like a back scratcher. When you have an itch in an area you can't quite reach on your own, you use a back scratcher. And once you scratch that, get that spot, you get it really good. You're satisfied, but you don't feel a sense of love or longing um, in an emotional sense with that back scratcher. It's still a back scratcher. You set it down. It goes into wherever it is. You keep your back scratcher. And when you need it, you go back and get it. Interesting. I have not heard that particular analogy before. (laughs) have not particularly heard that one before. You are a bottom. I am. Are you a bottom or submissive? How do you? I'm submissive, actually. I'm, yeah. So when the this top comes along and he is, uh, or this dom, in your case, comes along and he scratches the itch so well and he's human, uh, how do you balance that out? How you balance that out is by having very open communication from the beginning. Because none of this relationship, before you get to a physical experience, encounter, whatever, there's a lot of communication that has to occur. If you don't have that clear communication, 
um, that honesty, then that's when things go wrong. And so if you explain what your situation is from a very honest standpoint, these are my needs. These are my limits. This is exactly where I am in the world. And your dom or your whoever your counterpart is does the exact same thing. Um, then you will find yourselves either identifying, yes, you are the person I can connect with and have no issues with, or oops, that's the wrong person. Mm, a firm believer in the communication aspect. No one that stands, no pick them up on fit and have your first encounter three days later. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, that can happen because there's a certain measure of spontaneity and chemistry that can spark, but not when you get into the actual dynamics of the sub-dom relationship or any other power relationship. So the slut sometimes just like to come out and play and that's it. And see, and there's where we're going to divide because I don't like that word. You don't like that word. Okay. I don't. I, I identify as a fuck nut. Fuck nut. Oh, that is a new word too. Yeah. Um, yes. Nutty about fucking. And Rue, I think you're the first person <laughs> I remember reading that. Fuck nut. Mm-hmm. What is a fuck nut in your mind? We are basically all of the same things that a traditional um, self-identifying slut is. So that S word. Mm-hmm. However, we don't have any of the shame, the stigma, any of the ick that is associated with that word oh. um, from a societal standpoint. We hold our heads proudly. We open our hearts and minds to all sorts of things that are available. And we have absolutely no shame at all. S's, some have a tendency to involve a lot of alcohol to, to hide their, their shame or to deal with or to get into that mode. A fuck never do it sober. <laughs> And with a smile on her face because she wants to remember every moment of it. Ah, now is this a, a fetish on fat? It is not. It's just something. It's kind of a philosophy I've developed over the years. Um, that a couple of other this. women have other, other, yeah, other women have also adopted it as, as well and identify themselves as that because they recognize, yeah, that's me. Um, and I, I, Open it up to anybody who wants to, by all means, run with it. If that's what you identify as, please, I'd go for it. You may have a movement on your hands. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> Rue, you're a champion of another cause. I am. You're a curvy woman. I'm very curvy. I'm, I'm downright SSBBW. <laughs> And you came to my attention for this podcast because I was leafing through FET and I come across your writing. You don't know me, but I used to be you. Yeah. It was a powerful writing and it discusses your journey to become who you are today and not a, what would be the word I'm looking for? Doormat. Doormat. And I think. I was. A disposable fat girl. girl. Yes, the other girl, the trainer. And you made a choice to change that. And tell us a little bit about that story. I had developed a pattern of 
being just that, the trainer. Um, I would date these guys and I would give them the world as a pleaser tends to do, which is what I am at my core. And I, I would do this and I would wonder why it is they never wanted to settle with me. They always wanted to settle with someone else. In fact, not just someone else, the next person who came along. I had about four or five of these in, in succession and it just broke me. And I had to take stock of like, what, obviously I'm the common denominator here. What is it I'm doing? And it really kind of popped into my head that, hey, look, I'm not loving myself enough. I'm not appreciating myself enough. Um, I have lost sight of the sexy person. I am sexy. I am just as I am. All of the fat, the cellulite, the stretch marks, the saggy boobs, the love handles, the jodhpurs, all of that. It's all me. And I should love that more than someone else is. I can't depend on someone else to love it. And once I really honed in on that, once I really came to grips with that and really just started carrying myself like the confident woman I felt I should be, I was faking it till I made I made it and I, it worked. And eventually other people started seeing me just the way I did. And, and I stopped being the trainer. <laughs> and you became the woman you are today. Exactly. That is it. I see a quote in here that I found interesting. Uh, referring to they are the men. They mm-hmm. weren't drawn to me like moss to a flame because I had no flame to draw them with. True. So you sparked that fire within yourself. I did. I did. I recognized what it was about me that I felt was sexy. I didn't measure it against anybody else, not against another woman, not against what I, I thought men wanted. I just looked at myself and said, hey, what about me is sexy? And once I identified those things, I really started to highlight them, whether they were about my personality or physical attribute. I just really highlighted those things and I focused and made them the show point. And I faked my flame for a while until I realized, oh, wait a minute. People get it. Other people see what I see. And how many years ago was this? Oh, probably about oh, close to 20. Ah, so, so, so you found this early in life. Relatively early. I, well, you know what? I said it's close to 20. It's my, I'll, I'll go with about 17 years. Okay. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you found it sooner than later. Sooner than later. I, yes. Um, and I'm grateful I did. I, I, I feel like I would have personally, emotionally wasted a lot of more time training so many other men <laughs> for the next girl. And I'm glad I didn't waste that time. I really feel like learning this important lesson helped shape me into being the person that I am and that who attracted the, the husband that I have, who is a wonderful man. And I think you call her the lusty lady. Oh, yes. Lusty lady is is on fire. Have you started on the book yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's funny. I keep getting asked, you should write a book. And I'm like, who would read it? (laughs) Interesting thing. Uh, This would be a book that nobody wanted to be seen picking up at first. 
but I'm, Maybe. <laughs> but I'm sure that, that after a time, it would be the rage. I think you're on to something here. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I think you're on to something. And now you are the woman that walks in the room and the room turns to look, you say. Yeah. A lot of times that does happen. But you're comfortable in your skin, aren't you? I am very comfortable in my skin at any size, any shape, any outfit. I could be wearing yoga pants with my hair looking a mess and not a lick of makeup on. And if you carry yourself in a confident manner, you'll still get the room to turn around and look at you. Amazing indeed. And do you still have naysayers after all this time? A couple, but I ignore them. They are of no importance. <laughs> now, Rue, you've got one more thing to set you apart from a lot of the community, okay. but you are an African-American woman. I am. And what term do you prefer? Woman of color? Black. Black. All Black right. or, or woman of color. I don't go with the African-American thing, but Okay. Yeah. So you're a woman of color mm-hmm. and a very pale world inside the community. Oh, yeah. How does that work? You know, oddly enough, I haven't really found it to be a problem. It's surprising and yet not surprising in the sense that just like most other things within the community, we're very accepting. We're very open. We are very um, loving, tolerant, uh, respectful in general, because we're all here for the same thing. We all have an oddity of sorts about us. And that's what's drawn us together, that strangeness that we love and find so appealing. So in a a community setup already like that, um, something as superficial as a race um, or even gender isn't really something that gets highlighted or isn't really something that becomes of grand importance. Don't get me wrong. There are those out there that do have their preferences, and that's fine. And there are those out there that do manage to fetishize such a thing as race or gender and so on. But for the most part, they are the minority, I find. You are very involved, it sounds like, in your local community. Actually, I'm not as involved as I probably could be or probably should be. I can imagine that your dance card could fill up very quickly. (laughs) Well, that's awfully flattering, but I I don't know about that. (laughs) It hasn't been all that full as According to me, but maybe that's just because I'm, I'm insatiable. <laughs> You're a fuck nut. Yes, <laughs> I am. Is there such thing as too much good sex? No. Is there such thing as too much bad sex? Yes. Yes. Always. But never, never too much good, good sex. Never. So where does Rue go from here? You have traveled around the world and you have seen the community from different countries, and I'm sure that they each one's got a little different flavor on it. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the U.S. flavor, how does it compare? It is home sweet home. And I'm sure you've been to some countries where this is very underground still. Oh, yes. In fact, I just left a country where this is very underground. <laughs> so you were running a bit dry there for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh boy. Well, we're glad to have you back in the States. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I'm going to close with a with a quote here from your writing. You say, the fact was, is, that much like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, I was already, already all of the desirable, sexy, alluring, engaging, and hot. And that sounds like the magic you captured. 
Yeah, I like to think so. I like to think so. Um, I strongly believe that each of us has what we need already. We just have either lost sight of how to tap into it or haven't put our finger on where it is. And once we do, um, I think we all each be a lot happier with ourselves. Happiness starts with contentment of self. When you're happy with who you are and your place in the world and your size, shape, color, gender, whatever it is, when you are happy with all of that, other people will tap into it. They will find that attractive as well. And you will find yourself to be a happier person. True of us. On our way out, Ruth, is there anything you'd like to add? Just that I, I really genuinely feel like being plus size, being a BBW, an SSBBW, a curvy girl, whatever you want to call yourself, find find your beauty. Find that thing in yourself that is beautiful, that you know is beautiful. And if you don't believe there's anything about you that's beautiful, oh, darling, you're going to be in my thoughts because you are beautiful. I want every woman to know no matter what size they are, they are beautiful. They are sexy. They are alluring. They can be the lusty lady. I wish you great, great fortunes here in your exploration. Thank you. Listeners, we've been talking to Rue Dream, future author, and we'll have her back (laughs) when she publishes her first book. Rue, thank you. You're quite welcome. You have been listening to episode 181 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Pony Groom, just horsing around. Thank you.